produced by Podcast Architects. Welcome back to another episode of the Path Forward Special TASA Midwinter Edition here in Austin, Texas. And I'm joined by special guest, Dr. Andy Reddick from Sentin ISD. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Well, I'm excited to dive in. As you know, unfortunately for you, I have family in Sentin. <laughs> yes. so, I, so I have some intimate, I'm not going to mention any name. It may start with a CH and end in Esther. It, it might. It might. <laughs> But um, obviously a great community, a great town. This has been your first full semester there. Give me some of your insights, some of your thoughts, what you've enjoyed the most. Sure, sure. Well, like you mentioned, I came in just after spring break last year, so it was a weird time coming in and, uh, you know, getting acclimated in the community at the end of a season is always uh, hard. But, you know, coming in this this first semester, it, what I saw or the impression I got coming in has just resonated even more is that we got some awesome people and the community is sitting. Good, good people that love their kids, love their school, a lot of school pride. Um, and you know, I'm proud that they chose me to lead them. Now, when, when you were interviewing, did they tell you about the baseball requirement, like uh, that you have to go to every single game and, and be on the bench and cheerleading and all that stuff? It, it, did, it honestly did come up in the interview. And interestingly enough, my, my first interview was this week one year ago. Really? It was, I had to leave the conference and go for the first Okay. Interview. Well, it was it was, it was, good. It was worthwhile then. What? Oh yeah, but it did come up, and uh, when they when they were looking at my resume, but the part that come up with baseball was where I went to high school, and they're like, I came up, and, you know, tell us about yourself, and I went to high school in Russ, Texas, and it just so happened Russ knocked him out of the playoffs oh. the year before, <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if that's a black mark against me or not, but <laughs> you should have said I, I did it virtually. I was a virtual yeah. student. <laughs> No kidding, but uh, but no, the, the the baseball team is a you know really that's one thing I've also enjoyed is you know they take a lot of pride in in extracurriculars even beyond the ac- the athletics, academics, uh, fine arts, regardless of what they do, they want the best for kids. They want them to be competitive. They want to you know take something from that beyond what they're learning on the stage, the court, or the field. Absolutely. Uh, and you know our coaches and, and our teachers uh, have, have really embraced that that mindset of doing what's best for kids. And, and teach them to be better people um, beyond those those events. And, you know, like I said, when you talk, when you talk about the people, people ascend, and, and again, that resonating with me, you know, all, all, all communities are, are different. Right. And, I, and I've, I've been fortunate enough, I, in my time, I've, I've gone to some different places, seen some different things, and met a lot of people, uh, and, and all of them love, love their school to a degree. But I, I will say, you know, of, of all the places I've been, sent, sentence pride in their school and what it means to them as a community uh, it is pretty deep and it is, it is pretty special. Uh, and you know, as I've, I've met more people in the community, right. Uh, through the course of the year, uh, and, and talking to them, talking them about, you know, the history of the school and where it's been, what it's grown, who, you know, the people are, uh, that have made impacts over time. Uh, there's a lot of those folks, uh, and a lot of them are still have roots or still have ties. Sure. And so that, that's pretty special in itself. Now you mentioned a little bit about your, your career path. So from your experience, what are some of the things you feel like you bring to the district in terms sure. of leadership and, and your vision for the district? Sure. Well, uh, you know, my, my, my path was, uh, I won't say non-traditional, but started a little bit differently. I actually started in public schools uh, as a maintenance worker when I was 18. Uh, really? So I, I graduated and I started working in the paint, uh, maintenance department uh, in Rusk, actually where I graduated. Okay. And worked there for five years while I was in college. Um, and then when, when I went to student teaching, of course, I had to, had to give that up and, you know, it was a good time and, and went into the teaching, teaching field. Um, and you know, the, 
that is one aspect that at the time it didn't didn't resonate right. with me as much as it does now. But I learned so much about schools, interworking people that I that I took forward into the public school setting. And some of that is what I draw on more as a superintendent than honestly even what I did in classroom or on campuses. Right. It's that behind the scenes. And like I've told people, you know, all the time, I, I try ever, ever since I've been in a leadership role where I've um, been able to give back to some of those departments, my custodial departments, maintenance departments. Um, I, I do a barbecue for them uh, every summer and just for them. Yeah. And it's, it's important to me. And, I, you know, I tell people, I get a lot of people wanting to help. And I say, look, this is just, it's a personal thing for me that I like to do and I want to do. Uh, but, you know, bringing that into leadership role, you know, it's a level of humility. Um, I think that's important to leadership. Um, and, and like I tell them when I have those meetings or when I visit with folks that are new into those roles that, you know, I've, I've, I've seen what it's like to be put on a pedestal and treated really well, uh, as maintenance worker. Yeah. I've seen, and I've experienced the other side, the other side yeah. of it where, you know, you're, you're invisible almost. Right. Um, and so I've, I've kept that in mind and again, dealing with people, which is, you know, huge in, in the role that I'm in now. Um, I draw on that a lot. Uh, I was an elementary uh, teacher, elementary really. Uh, so when, I, when my background comes up, I'm an elementary guy. I taught fifth grade science and social studies, and then I was an elementary principal for seven years. So um, elementary guy. Um, a lot of people come in. You know, what did you coach? I, I didn't coach. You talk about the, you know the athletic tie tie shoes. Yes, That's what yeah. you coach, right? The athletics aspect of things. I've been fortunate enough to the districts I've been in. I have, have, have done well athletically, mm -hmm. so I've been able to learn. Um, and I have a lot of respect for the coaching staff um, across the state everywhere. You know, a lot of times um, they get a um, stereotype yeah. over time right. of, you know, of what they do. And people have no idea what coaching oh. staff does behind the scenes and the amount of time, uh, energy, and effort that they put into the kiddos. Uh, and they, they genuinely, genuinely want the best for them. So... Again, a lot of respect for them, and but like I said, I've tried to be a student uh, of leadership, and a lot of those uh, opportunities that I had working with those leaders from that athletic round, mm -hmm. I also draw on. Um, and like I tell people all the time, I, I wasn't a coach, but I use a lot of athletic analogies. Right. You know, when it comes into leadership and working with teams and working with what you got, and absolutely uh, coaching and feedback in the classroom, a lot, I, a lot of crossover. Oh man, and you know it's funny because the I, former coach and um, coaches have no excuse not to be fantastic teachers because I see them out there on a daily basis coaching technique and skills and plays that are more complex and, and take more um, training and planning to get it right uh, than a lot of the stuff that goes on in the classroom. So, you yeah. know, when you hear that, oh, well, they're coaches, they're not good teachers, or if you get, you know, occasionally you get somebody's kind of, all right, I'm, I'm on the field more and I'm not really focused on the classroom. Like, hold on now, you're – you're the best teacher that we have, and I see it every every Friday night or every. Um, so that's interesting. Now, on your maintenance department side, do you have a more critical eye? Like when you go when you walk a school or whatever with your is your maintenance director like, oh man, this guy's gonna see everything. It, it comes up every once in a while. <laughs> it looks a little, and you know, my my perspective is a little bit different right. over time. And you know, yeah, you know, I can go through and. I, I, as I tell them, you know, I know I know some things that could probably help, that <laughs> but also know the shortcuts you're going to want to take, yeah. how it works behind the scenes sometimes, and uh, so sometimes they get a little frustrated, but but generally they're appreciative of of that background knowledge, and and like I said, it's it's like anything else, you know, I I don't know at all about anything, sure. and you know, I I, I I never will, but 
you know, I, I learn from them just as much as I hope that they learn from me and pick up bits and pieces. And, uh, but like I said, I think it's generally appreciated uh, in most of the places that I've been. No, absolutely. Um, so you guys are, are growing and building. Um, yeah. Obviously, you got Steel Dynamics out there. They're bringing in a lot of families. You know, as you grow one year down the road, two years down the road, where do you see Sinton going in terms of, of the vision of the academics, the, the school experience for, for the families that you have and the families that, that will sure. soon be there? Well, you know, again, you know, when coming into Sinton, it's kind of in that um, at the at the starting line, getting ready to go. There's a lot of good history and a lot of good things that were already going that are right in place that are already rolling. But with the, you know, the addition to Steel Dynamics and, and the passing of our bond, uh, we're building a new, brand new, ground up, 100% state-of-the-art high school. Nice. Uh, it's going to be amazing for our community. Uh, we're finishing up. That's mid-process right now. And we're finishing up a, a art we call the multi-purpose building, uh, which is an indoor practice facility, weight room, oh, no. um, locker rooms, the whole nine yards. Um, and we're looking forward to getting kids in there in the spring. Absolutely. Um, you know. Additionally, you know, the, the district's done a very good job with their elementary and middle school campuses, keeping up facilities. So I think that that is important. Something that Senton has, has done well is they've kept in mind that you've got to, you know, you've got to focus on good teaching and good people. Like I said, that's what has resonated with me, but you also want quality learning environments for your kiddos. Right. So they, they brought that in full circle. Uh, something that uh, the district has, you know, struggled with over time and that's starting to start to see some movement is actually is housing. Uh, yeah. Although we're, we're we're building things in, there's a lot happening in the Coastal Bend area, and housing was limited um, in Sitton ISD proper. Uh, but we we do have a housing development that's going in right now, and there, as I tell them, I'm seeing more piping and more stuff below ground now than was above ground, you know, a few weeks ago. Right. So we're looking forward to getting those additional homes in. When something comes on the market, it, it's picked up pretty quick, and like so, once once we get just a little bit of expansion in the housing market. And Senton, I, I think we're going to start seeing more more student growth. More, those things roll in. They've been very steady uh, yeah. for a long time. You know, dips like everybody through COVID, but uh, as we come back uh, into the year and like we, we talk about this, this is this is real school. We're we're, we're rolling. Um, it's it's at its normal state. But like I said, as those houses open up, um, it, it'll be it'll be a win for, yeah. for the community. You know, when you're when we're talking about growth and or really just at all uh, teacher retention and, and finding your next wave, your great talent, you know, what do you, what's your message to teachers that are, are there that you want to stay, but also teachers that you're looking to recruit or bring in, like what's the Sinton difference, like the Sinton twinkle, sure. so to speak. Sinton way as we, there you go, there you go. That's Pir- is it, Pir- Pir- it's not the power way, the Sinton way. way. Okay. Sinton way. Uh, you know, and, and again, it, it, and I, I, I keep coming back to it. it. It is, is people, what, what I hope that resonates with the, with the current staff and, and, and to build a bond. Uh, to even greater heights is that, you know, I, I, I'll use this a, a lot when I'm talking to groups, more than a school, we're a family. Um, you know, there's situations within a school system where you, you're going to deal with teams. The teams of family are two they're very different aspects. But we want to make sure that you feel, you know, appreciated, valued, uh, listened to. Um, we've been working uh, over this past, you know, for me, 10 months, but making sure that we're, we're putting systems into place where we are recognizing students, recognizing right. staff. Um, showing the gratitude and appreciation that they deserve and what they do. Um, you know, we, 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 like everybody else, we're, we're looking at salaries, wages, those kind of things to try to get them in. Um, you know, like a lot of people, we, we just can unleash the whole wallet. So we, we have to live within our means, but I've also seen over time and I've, and I've seen this at Sinton, uh, itself 
is yes, people want to make a, a, a good wage, obviously, but they also, the environment in which they're making that wage right. matters. The culture, the culture. So exactly. Um, we want, but like I said, if, if our teachers are, do feel valued, they do feel appreciated. Um, we, we have great kids. I mean, again, all schools probably say that about their kids, but that's another thing that has been impressive to me uh, from, from our school setting is, you know, we, 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 we have a lot of good kids that, that want to be involved, uh, that want to, uh, to be a part of something. Right. Um, they've, they've grown up with a culture of, of competitive spirit, um, which is nice to see. And I, so that's what, you know, is something that does draw some people Absolutely. to our community. Absolutely. You, you leverage every, every avenue that you can, yes. you know, when you're, when you're recruiting teachers and when you're, in, when you're uh, inviting families to come join, join the team. Um, switching gears a little bit. So we're here at Tassie Midwood. There's a variety of sessions. You know, when you attend events, um, learning events like this, what, what are the sessions that draw your interest? Is there anything that you kind of, ah, I know I'm going to look for these because this is right. what I'm very interested in. You know, my, my, um, my interest most of the time is going to be anything revolving about leadership and growing leaders. Okay. Uh, it's something I, I enjoy immensely on a personal level. Uh, my leadership team uh, in Sentinel and in prior districts, I, I enjoy working with them. I, I enjoy identifying somebody who may not have, you know, internalized their own leadership potential yep. and tapping that and being able to let them grow and have some realization, hey, you do have a skill set that can benefit our kids uh, and taking that to another level. Right. Um, so anything related to that, the session I just came out of with uh, with Klein ISD was a, a leadership panel. Uh, it was a fantastic, I couldn't stay for the end of it to come down here, but um, for the for the time that I was in there, it was great discussion around you know what it what it means to be quality leaders, what that looks like, sure, uh, and how to grow them. Um, I you know, and I also look for you know a lot of things with communication mm-hmm. um, because as I you know I talk with my leader, especially you know new uh, to leadership roles, is you know communi- quality communication is critical because uh, like I said, you, you could be saying whatever you you think people are picking up, but they got to be picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, anything that you know, that helps uh, me build my skill set uh, with communication, uh, and that I can take uh, and deliver and share with others um, back at home or wherever. So I would say those two are usually my, my heavy. Those are go-to. Now, if you were challenged to go teach a fifth grade class, how how would you do it right now? Like if your teachers came to sure. you and said, "Hey, you've been saying we need to do this, this, and this. Show us how to do it. How would you, how would you fare?" I, I, Honestly, it'd be one of those, I'd, I'd be fired up. <laughs> Let's go do it right now. You get in there and get excited. You know, as I go in there, and, and, and teaching and, and as it has evolved over the years, um, it's become more and more complex, and, and a lot of times it's it's real busy. And that's something, a message I've been trying, trying, to, st- trying to share um, as, as I go in, you know, new to the district is, it's not always about doing more. It's about doing things that give high yield and high quality. Right. Um, it's not, you know, again, quant- quality over quantity. Um, and that's the thing that I, I would hope to be able to, to share with teachers and model for them is, you know, let's, let's get some depth to the learning, uh, instead of, you know, running the rat race and just trying to cover everything as fast as we can, because those kids are going to need something to carry with them, not for the short moment, but for the long haul. Right. Uh, you know, I, I would, you know, I would hope, um, that, you know, you know, walked into a classroom, whatever activity that we have for the day on any given day be engaging to the kids. Sure. Uh, They'd want to be there. They'd want to do it. They, they you know, feel like they, it. They look forward to it. Absolutely. Um, it's exciting for them. They, they feel when, when, when they walk out of that room, that they've accomplished something, but they also have something that they can't wait to share, uh, whether it be with their friends, mom and dad or whatever. 
Um, that's one thing that I loved about elementary school, especially the younger grade levels is, you know, you could go in, if you had the right attitude about things, you could get little kids excited about anything. Oh yeah. It was all about you and your attitude about learning that day that transcended to the kids. I've been tricked many times as a student into being excited about something that I really had no interest in whatsoever. Right. right. But, and you know, we talk about it, frame that up in elementary school, but really I, I think that's the case all the way through high school, secondary is if teachers are excited, they know what they're doing. They, they understand the curriculum. They, they get where they need to be going with the lesson and they go in with a positive attitude and they're excited about teaching. The kids are going to be excited about learning. I've seen it too many times and uh, it's, it's a critical piece. How, how do you translate that to the staff and meaning like for professional development? I was always a, you know, skeptical of professional development because I felt like we'd always, and when I say we, I mean educators, we do it right before school started, maybe sometime in the Christmas break and then a little bit during the summer. But there was there really wasn't a cohesive sequence all the way through that we were going to essentially do what we did for teachers, what we were asking them to do for students, right? Like yeah. habits that spiraled and ongoing, you know, and um, I think we got to get teachers excited about their craft as well. Um, and it's we're in a challenging time to, sure. to, to do that. A lot of things that um, are out of our control that we're trying to combat, but you know, how does that relate in, in what you want to do for your staff? As, right. as your, yeah, that's that one thing that we actually, you know, again, coming in new, you learn about the district, but right. you start putting together the things, okay, here's the things that we can work on. And we're kind of at that point uh, in my time in Sen. And that's actually one of the things that's come up is creating a professional development framework yep. Uh, yep. for the teachers, you know, twofold. From the district, if you're going to teach in Senton, here's the expectations and the level of training that we expect you to participate in. And we look at it as giving to you Absolutely. for knowledge that you can, you can carry elsewhere, but we're going to invest that time into you to get you to a, a level that we, we feel is appropriate for our district. Uh, but also, it's, it's reciprocal, and in, in developing that framework, it's really listening to teachers as to what they need. Um, you know, a lot of times, I, I, we were in a, a meeting just the other day, and, um, you know, it's, it's some challenges with some staffing and some things. Um, and trying to get trying to get a teacher in a spot, and you know we're facing that just like a lot of a lot of sure. places are. We've been pretty fortunate. I'm at this one spot. You know, it's a I had a math teacher that was that was talking to me, and it was it was a good conversation. But I asked, "What do you want us to do?" And I'm like, "You're the expert in math. What do you need help to get done?" That, right. That's what I'm here for. Is I'm not a high school math teacher. You know, I I I, 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 I couldn't I couldn't even hold a candle to what you do in the classroom. Absolutely, my job is to give you the resources and and do what we can within our means to give you what you need. And flipping that script to them, uh, I, I think shows uh, respect to them as professionals because a lot of times people slip into the just telling what to do, right? And right. just it's a quick fix and just do this, um, one sided. But flipping that script and really listening to your teachers and really listening to the professional faculty and staff that are, are truly the experts in their areas. Um, and, you know, especially if they're open to learning. Sure. Because there's always going to be new ways, different ways. Um, some things are tried and true and you just keep on trucking. But, uh, you know, in the development of that professional development framework is two-sided. Developing a level of need and a standard. Yeah. I think that that's everybody's role. But also rolling into things that our professionals in the classrooms and the instructional roles feel that is necessary to move our kids forward. That makes, I mean, that makes perfect sense and with how you just framed that and just the development of it and how it's an ongoing process. It, it really has to be, and it has to be a partnership. They are the, the experts, right? We're, we're help we're helping them, uh, remove barriers, fulfill their, their roles as teachers and, and ultimately hoping, um, that we can 
help facilitate student thinking. Yes, sir. Problem solving, right? Yes, sir. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on on a couple other components. Uh, so when you were when you got your first job as a superintendent, rookie superintendent, and you were going to address the stat or the district for the first time, what did you do to prepare and like what was going through your mind? Because I was ner- I was nervous as heck. But oh yeah, how, t- take me through that experience. Well, uh, my first superintendent, I came into year, so it was coming uh, in January, coming off spring break. I started like the I think it's the fourth of January, something to that effect. Uh, you know, we did the typical, everybody was gone. So during the transition, you know, half the 21 day waiting period, you know, it was on break. So didn't get to meet a whole lot of people out of the gate. And we called everybody to the auditorium, I guess, small district. So, you know, the whole, whole district, about, about a hundred employees or so, 150 total, everybody. Um, and, you know, called them in and the best I remember, and this is what I try to be with everyone is, you know, really established from the get go that what you see is what you get. I'm going to be authentic about things. I'm not, uh, I am what I am. Yeah. And, and I've learned a long time ago is, you know, people can see through pretty quick when you try to be something that you're not. Uh, so, I, you know, I hope that I hope that I was received that way and, and the other districts the same way as, you know, I'm authentic in what I do and, and, and as a person, as a leader, all of that. Right. Um, but, you know, reminding them and, and, and the message that I try to walk out of there is always that I'm here to support you. Um, we will make mistakes. I will make mistakes. You will make mistakes. We'll learn from those. Um, but as we move forward, we, we're going to fail forward. And we're going to always put kids first. Right. And sometimes, you know, as things go, there's a lot of learning involved, especially when you come into a, a new gig. Um, you know, learning the, the dynamics of the district, the teachers, this community, all of that. But as you go, as you go forward, the, the universal truth is to keep kids first. Yeah. And as we start making decisions and, you know, things start developing, which in time is, if it needs to happen, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the status of the district, it, it, there's always uh, a need to evolve uh, and move to a next level. Um, but it's always keeping kids first. Absolutely. Always is, is how I wrap that up. No, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, that sounds, that was much better than, uh, you know, I was, I was like, all right, what, what's the message? Does this need to be like, do I need to pump them up or do I need to, is it need to be calm, cool and collective? Um, but I came during COVID and it was uh, a couple of months after school had started. So I didn't have that initial, uh, you know, opportunity, um, to do that. So it was more kind of hit and miss with, with trying to pull your groups together. Um, you know, one thing that I, I believe we're not addressing with just an education in general. And I want your thoughts on this. Some of the, some of the problem, like change is difficult, no matter what you're doing, yes. where you are organization. But I, I also think the acceleration of change, the time period that we're living in now, like change happens rapidly. It is no longer like, all right, well, we see this, you know, five, 10 years down the road, like literally things are changing, uh, overnight, month by month. And, you know, we've got these massive systems uh, of, of educators. How do we go about being more comfortable with how quickly change is occurring? And that may mean like one semester to the next, something has totally, you know, uh, um, something has totally shown us that we need to tweak or switch or go in a new direction. Um, but what are your thoughts on just how fast things are changing right now in the educational landscape? Sure. Well, and I don't think it's just an education. I think the whole yeah. world is, you know, we were put in a situation where everybody was forced to turn on a dime and education definitely did, but a lot of industry did as well. Right. So people in general are, are still trying to find, as we found our way in to COVID, 
uh, people are trying to find their way out of COVID. And it's been interesting in a very short time, that disruption, you know, triggered so many changes that are, are, are just, they're just taking, taking, taking hold. How do you pick which, what to keep and what to release back? Right. Well, and you know, it, I think it comes back, um, is, is, is communication, uh, when you're dealing with change, especially the rapid change, um, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I think you've got to be very present. You got to have some background knowledge and understanding right. on what's going on in classrooms, what's going on in school, what's, what's the dynamics that are affecting kids. Conversations with kids, I think that's something that people miss yes. so very often is having a discussion with your students to let them have voice. Because they'll tell you. How what you're doing. I had that, it's some of the best conversations they'll I've tell ever had as a superintendent is dealing with my student groups. And the insight that they bring, it's like, you know, we're doing all this for them, but sometimes we just fail to listen to them. And they'll tell us exactly the, the path we need to go on. Yeah, we may have to dress it up. There's maybe, you know, things that rules and different things that we've got, dynamics that we've got to work with. But typically they're going to give us a pretty good path forward. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. It's always been my biggest beef with, with CTE is we believe that these are great industry careers because of the, the salaries, um, the ability for kids to get jobs. And, but we don't think about how are we going to sell this to our, our students? Because they could probably care less about HVAC technician. Sure. And, and that has to be part of the process is like, all right, yes, there's a great need. It's a great, it's a great living, great opportunity. But how do I get that into the mind of a 16-year-old, 17-year-old as an option? Because that's not like just right. magic. That just doesn't happen. Um, that's always been like, hey, we've got to think about who we're selling it to. Sure. Right? Because whatever you can get kids to do, you can get the parents to do. Well, and you know, like I said, when, when, when that change is happening, that communication piece, regardless of, of who, who the other side of that communication piece is, is with, um, circling back routinely. You can't just, okay, we're, this is where we're going to, and we're, yeah. we're, going, we're going forward and that's just it. You got to come back and you got to reevaluate repeatedly and you got to be nimble and you've got to be willing to, okay, if this is not working, I'm going to get off the dead horse and we're going to, we're going to take another path if that's what we need to do. Uh, you know, but the balance I think that comes as you're navigating through change is not giving up or just jumping ship before th things have a time to take hold to really evaluate whether that's a good point is a great point. You know, some things you got to stick with to see the, the fruits of the labor. But then also, you know, people are, are you know, we're one instant gratification a lot of times. And so it's balancing seeing something through to truly evaluate the results and being nimble to know the precise moment when it's working or not and being willing to switch path or tweak to whatever degree necessary to go to get a, the better result that you're wanting to. That's achieve. a great, that's a great point. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, Ned. I know you got a bunch of sessions to attend, but Dr. Andy Reddick, Sitting ISD, I really appreciate your yes. time uh, joining me on the path forward. And if you see me at a game, I'm going to come sit in the box with you so uh, I can right. get my, my, my brother-in-law, I can get away from him so he's not, not irritating me. But thank you so much for joining us, and uh, I look forward to some great things happening in Sitting ISD. All right, go Pirates. So there you go. Appreciate you. Produced by Podcast Architects.